0: Receiving God's best, and it is um titled The Abundance Mindset. Basically, there is two opposing words, not just words, but ideas, talking about scarcity and abundance. And the basis of scarcity and contention is one of the things we would explore, and the basis of all of this why this is, why is this necessary why do we need to talk about this and why is this relevant to us is something we are going to be also exploring the idea of dominion and blessings abundance and all of these things did not start with man it started with god um the idea of us being being blessed the idea of us being prosperous the idea of us being well, the idea of us um, having dominion and replenishing the earth and all of that, it's not man's idea. It is God's idea. It was God's idea. And understanding this will bring a lot of answers to many of our problems, uh, that it is God's idea. Understanding this will change our outlook on Christianity and on the basis of which Uh, It will change our outlook on the the basis on which we do many things. It will reorder our priorities. We cannot... It's it's God's idea. God started it. So we cannot take ownership of it because we never started it. Hence, we can't do it also in our terms. We cannot do it by our own rules because it is not an idea we initiated or own in any way. It's not our idea to be prosperous and have dominion and replenish the earth. But somehow along the line, we kind of took ownership of it as if it was our idea in the first place. I think it's because it appeals to our greed, it appeals to our flesh, to our insecurities. But it's not our idea. It's God's idea. It is for God's purpose. So we must... We, we Understanding this will bring us to the notion and make us understand that we must want what God wants for the same reason that God wants it. We must want what God wants but doesn't stop there. We must want it for the same reason that God wants it. Understanding this uh, it will help us put things in proper perspective. Res- it will reset our focus. Why do we need to study this? Why do we need to talk about this? Why do we preach this? Why do we hear this? Uh, it helps us reset our focus and reorder our priorities. First of all, it was a commandment, which means it's like to, when God created man, when he said, be fruitful, be be blessed, be he blessed them and he says, be fruitful, have dominion, replenish the earth and all of that. It was a commandment, which means it's like, it, it's, it's something you can liken to a, an operational manual which is shipped alongside a product. When we buy a product, there's usually an operational manual that comes with it. Without, Imagine we buy a product in the store without a name and no pictures and nothing comes with it. We may never really know. I mean, it comes in a blank box. Nothing is written on it. No name, no inscription, nothing. We may never really know what the use of the product is. Or it may take us a while to figure it out. E.g., a product arrives in a a box, no name, like I said. It, it, it It could be anything. It could be a blender, it could be a juicer, it could be a dry fryer, it could be anything. But nothing is written on it. So it leaves a lot of room for trial and error, experimenting, where We even run the risk of damaging it because we don't know exactly what it is for, which is similar to what people who don't know God, who don't know who created them and why, tend to do. Because abuse is inevitable without where proper purpose is not known. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So be fruitful, be more, multiply, have dominion is part of the operational manual shipped along with man as a product that God made. Genesis 1, 28, says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it. Over the fish of the sea, and the birds and of the air, and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Verse twenty-nine. Then God said, "Behold, I have given you, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed; they will be yours for food." Verse thirty. And to every beast of the earth, every bird in the air, every creature that crawls upon the earth, everything that had breath of life in it. I have given you every green plan for food and it was so be fruitful and multiply were the first two words god said over us it was god's idea it was god's idea god started it god initiated it so we can't just treat it as something we want <laughs> we can't just treat success and fulfillment and all of these things it's only just something we want it's something god wants <laughs> it's god's idea the idea of taking it too personal tends to exclude god and that's the root of our problem many times most times it makes us the subject and puts god on the passenger seat and puts us on the driver's seat and makes God the passenger whose job is to merely assist. We make him our assistant instead of being his assistant, so to say, and that's where we get it wrong. Knowing and realizing that God, that it's not all about us, is something that totally changes the game. It does, it really is a game changer because it changes our approach it changes what we seek and how we seek for it it changes how we measure the finishing line it changes how we measure success or failure because it has to be based in god's terms when i we we have to then differentiate what success means in the eyes of the world and what it means in the eyes of God because they're not the same thing. I'm trying to bring a, to bring clarity here into what our priorities should be or what our priorities ought to be. Understanding this gives us a better perspective in knowing God's part and what's our part. It keeps us in check so we don't go off limits in our pursuits and how we pursue our pursuits it makes us seek God for what God wants and for the same reason why God wants it because sometimes we may want what God wants but we want it for a different reason than what how what God wants it for so it was his idea that we should be fruitful and multiply not ours Remember we're talking about the abundance mentality because this is the basis and the right foundation for it because it's important to everything we would ever learn about abundance, about being prosperous, being fruitful, and even to a large extent our whole walk with God. I don't believe that anything was in short supply when God made man and put him in the garden of Eden. And no matter how man, how much man multiplied in their numbers, there will still have been enough for everyone. So there was no scarcity in the garden of Eden. None. Because we really have to go back to the beginning. How was it in the beginning? If we really want to know God's intent, and I think I'm going to speak about this a little uh, further, so that I don't run ahead of myself, there was no fear of lack in the Garden of Eden. There was in the beginning, there was no fear of something running out. Jesus answered his uh, critics sometimes. Sometime when they came to ask him about question about divorce and some of those things, the Law of Moses said we should do this what do you say they didn't come to learn from him they came to test him actually because there's a difference and he answered and said it in the beginning it was not so i know moses told you that that was his answer but go back to before moses it was not so moses told you that because of the hardness of your heart so the idea of scarcity was not in god's original plan all scarcity came as a result of the fall of man and i'm not only talking about materials material i'm talking about emotional all the affirmation all the all the low self-esteem all the idea of needing and being needy of something being needy of someone to affirm us being needy of, a, of being proud of belonging in a particular group, so that that helps our self-esteem and our ego. Being needy of this and that, everything in every lack, every every scarcity, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical, was as a result of the fall of man. We lacked nothing when things were the way God intended it. But after the fall man was after the fall man was cast out of the garden of eden then the out of the place of abundance the place of no scarcity so we got removed from the realm of abundance and that was when man began to have to contend for things to contend for land to contend for territories to can contend for resources the spiritual filter of abundance was taken off of our eyes and now we all always see is not enough, not enough, not enough. So we went from the realm of more than enough to not enough. We couldn't see abundance anymore. We lost the spectacles and the lenses of abundance. So even when there is actually abundance all around us, we have we are still blinded by our scarcity, not enough mindset. As a result of fall of man, resources were now short in supply because the ground was also you know course, Man has to fight to keep whatever he can, you know, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can became the order with people and tribes and the nations and organizations. If we know, if we really, if we really know that it was not always like that. In the beginning, it was not so. We can know how to retrace our steps back to where it all started and to know what God's intentions for us really are. It was in the middle of all of this, just like I said, this is all kind of introductory and the background to the, to the whole of today is mostly about that, but it's still going to be a blessing to us. I trust God for that. But above that is going to give us a foundation and the basis for why we have to talk about this and what this will benefit. What what benefit this is going to be to us? So it was in the middle of all of this scarcity and abundance. Several yet years later, generations later, even that God chose Abraham in the midst of all of this chaos, scarcity, and contention, and between nations. And God began to, he began the process of restoring his covenant relationship with man, with mankind. Through Abraham, God chose one man. So, God will restore him to the blessings that he originally intended for us. He would become a blessed family and then a blessed nation and eventually a whole blessed generation and then he would reopen the door to all mankind through Christ. And this is all still premised on the idea of God being the source of all blessings. So the morale to all of this is this. It limits God, actually, in our lives when we take the idea of being blessed too personal and making it all about us, because we won't go about it the way that God intended it. We won't go about it in his terms. He is the source not just of not just the blessing but the idea of being blessed in the first place. And the idea of God being the source is that he's not just the means to the blessing. He is the source of the blessing. Because the average Christian treats God as the means to the blessing. But he is the source. And that requires some understanding. That is, that is nice to say, okay? But that needs light. That needs understanding. That is not just a cliche. It's not just something to hear and nod. It's something to really understand. That is not the means. He is the source. In fact, he is the blessing himself. The Bible says all good and perfect gifts coming from God. He is all the blessing we need. Having him in our lives means we already have the blessing because he is the source of it. He is the source of all goodness. The Bible makes us understand. He's the source of all perfect things. That means the devil has no goodness in him. And the devil is not the source of anything good. So, if it is not the devil, then there are not many alternatives out there other than it being God. The source of all goodness. That means he is goodness personified. And realizing that He is the blessing, shifts the whole narrative of our lives in a totally new direction. It makes us know that He is really all we really ever need. All we really ever need is Him. And that is so foundational, very, very foundational. Another foundational truth. God is all we really, really ever need. This is actually the basis, actually, for the abundance mindset we're talking about. The basis of this, listen, is in how real God is to you. The basis of it is now is in how real God is to you. Coming to a place where. You see God as more than enough in every sense and in everything. Whereby, this this then translates to you into joy, into contentment, into a sense of satisfaction that is not derived from anything, but from knowing God. making God your source, appointing him in the place in your life where he is enough for you in everything. And excluding people from that place of enthronement, but only having God occupy that space in your life. How sweet, how beautiful, how wonderful, how joyous, how glorious, how powerful that is. That ma- imagine how powerful that makes you. Making God real to you. Real to you because He is already as real as he would ever be. But we're talking about him being real to you. When you tune into a radio, an FM station, you are not starting a broadcast station. You are tuning into a broadcast that's already running without your help. Without your input. God is already as real as He's ever going to be, but He becomes real to you the more you tune in to Him. The more frequently you tune in, the more real He becomes to you. We're talking about coming to the point where He is real enough to give you peace. give you all the peace you need is really enough to give you all the joy you ever need is really enough to give you all the satisfaction you would ever need god first of all has to be more than enough in your eyes to be able to live in the abundant place that he has called It has to be real in your eyes for you to be able to live in that abundant place. God can be the... We're talking about the place where God can be the reason why you wake up and you're just happy. And you're not afraid to face anything knowing that to live is Christ and to die is gain. What freedom. Abundant life is possible only to the measure that God is real to you. <laughs> this kind of life is only possible to the extent that God is real to you. Knowing that all we are really ever pursuing in life, talking about peace, and joy, and fulfillment, and security, and satisfaction, and a sense of worth, and all these things All these are the reasons we pursue after things. That is not really more money we're looking for. Not fame, not promotion, not career accomplishment or success. It looks like those are the things we're looking for, but that's not really what we're looking for. Not money, but what money brings. Not recognition, but what it brings. We are lo- what we're really looking for. Really, is peace, is safety, is security, is joy, it's fulfillment, is satisfaction, a sense of worth, assurance, hope, joy, acceptance. That's why we seek more money, more fame, more security. Maybe it will give us more satisfaction, more affirmation, more career accomplishments, more of those things. Maybe it will deliver the fulfillment to us. But we're talking about coming to the place where God becomes enough. God becomes good enough reason for us to be contented, reason to be joyful, assured, unafraid, satisfied. Where God becomes all those things to us, that's how God really gets to be our source oh if you ask a thousand Christians to raise up their hand how many believe that God is their source you are going to have every hand up every hand but let them step out of the church and a text coming to the phone that the bank balance is low that's when all the emotions begin to flare let something happen on monday morning at at work and they say you have to meet with management tomorrow and you can't have it you can't all you have is a sleepless night overnight because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but you just raise up your hand that god is your source i mean this life kind of life is not possible if we really don't, don't see god as our source you know the real meaning of more than enough. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient One. That is what. If God really doesn't become that to us in reality, we would only profess it with our mouth, but in our heart is not really sitting in that place. It's not really sitting on that throne. Is really not enthroned. Now, all of this doesn't mean we stop living our lives, but we will live with assurance, less desperate, less anxious about anything. We're able to say to the Lord, you are more than enough in every situation, in every sense of it. And we really mean it when we say he's more than enough. We're able to say, God, I've got you, so I've got everything. except if he is not really everything that he says he is. God is everything, but he needs to be everything to you. The key is to make God an active member in your life, not just a board member, so to say, or a chief executive. You know how... Board members and Chief Executives don't participate in day-to-day activities of a business. They're just there for the special occasions, you know. Many of us like to see God as a Chief Executive who we only need once in a while, but that's not the role He wants to play. He wants to be at the front desk with you. He wants to be part of every emotion, every decision, what's going out and what's coming in. He wants to be an active member not the chief executive somewhere. You know, we we just like sometimes like the idea of chief executive, you know, treat God as chief executive. We know we have him somewhere in the building. But how involved is he? How many decisions is he involved in? How I many decisions is he involved in? God likes to be an active participant with you in your decisions, in your emotions, in every sense of it. You know how we have these spices in our pantries? Curry, thyme, garlic, black pepper, and all of that. And we have all of those. And then we have this special one, this special seasoning called the Italian herb. You know, Chica has one called rustic. I was reading it, rustic Tuscan uh, Italian uh, seasoning. It has some special leaves and herbs. It's expensive and it's strong. And we only use it on special occasions. But salt and curry are the common ones you use in almost every dish, every time you cook. God wants to be the salt, not the very special herb you keep and you use once in a while kind of spice. Sometimes we just enjoy the idea that we have him on board and he's not an active participant, special guest, chief executive, but not an active person on the production floor with you. God can become real to you if he's not actively participating. Another example, sometimes we weigh things on every scale, and God is the last scale we ever pick up to use to weigh things that come our way every time. How can he be so real to us? How can he be so real to us when he is always the last? How can he be real to us when he's always the last resort? The truth is, some of the, our experiences in life, we never really weigh them on the scale of God. We weigh we weigh them on the scale of the world, not on the scale of the Word. And if we weigh them on the scale of the world, they weigh, say, 100 kg. But when we weigh them on the scale of, the, of God living in us, of His Word, by His Spirit, it will, some things we just weigh zero point zero 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 one ounce. That's why he says, cast all your cares upon me, for my burden is light and my yoke is easy. God can't be that real to you if it's not the scale you're using to weigh things out. If it becomes the scale in which we weigh everything, and everywhere you go, your life will become way simpler. You'll get less offended. you carry less burdens, less worry and anxiety. You'll be, you'll be healthier. You'll be happier. You would enjoy life more and people around you would enjoy you more. Because the burdens you're supposed to be carrying, you have now let God carry them. So you're free, you're light. You're able to smile, you're able to cheer up, even though you know not everything is perfect, but you know that you, you have cast your cares upon God. Some of us, the problem is that we cast it and then we take it back. We put it on him and then we come back and get it says, which of you by taking a thought can add just one cubit to your life? He says, look at the birds of the air. How they get provided for, how they fare, how they eat, how they feed. Then Jesus said, are you not worth more? Are you not more special than they are in the eyes of your father? Putting this abundant mentality does not just fall on us. It is cultivated. And it is intentionally cultivated. We must come to the place of trusting God more. We must come to the place of realizing that God is really more than enough by intentionally taking him at his word and giving everything, the treatment that he says to give it. When we, like I use example of the scales, when, what do scales do? They lift bodies and tell us the exact weight, right? Yeah. When the Word of God becomes your skill, it tells you the weight of matters. <laughs> Not the weight you feel, but the weight it tells you it is. Because of this, the skills of this world are faulty, you can't really trust it. The skill of the God, Word of God cannot be more accurate than it really is. And then you'll be able to give things, the treatment that God says to give them. You know, we can really be in denial and say some things don't matter to us. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't... Yeah, I don't care. It doesn't care. But if it doesn't matter, then if if the treatment we're giving it does not correspond with what we say, we profess it is, then it is... Something that's weighty, but the bottom line of what I came to share today, just so it can be a background for what we will be talking about in the next few weeks in this uh, abundant abundance mentality, is God really being sufficient for us to us, God really being more than enough to us god being our sufficiency <laughs> if god if we when we start to get to the place where god is that way in our lives oh it's a place of joy it's a place of fulfillment it's a place of peace it's a place of life real life and it makes our lives way uh, better the way God intended it. I hope this has been a blessing. We will talk more about this next weeks to come. Thank you. God bless you.